What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. We are throwing it back today <laughs> with a local Charleston fitness influencer. You may know her as In the Box PT, Mesa. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> so this feels like all times. I know. Mesa and I used to do a podcast together. Is it still on like Apple Podcasts? It's there. Yeah. It was just called In the Box Tour. IBX Tour. In the Box Tour. Because we used to tour gyms, remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. We used to go around and talk to CrossFit gym owners, coaches, and the occasional... Wes <laughs> when we wanted to rant really and then we had our own episodes yeah yeah it feels like forever ago I know so what are you doing now now I still own in the box it has transformed a little bit it is my full-time career 100% entrepreneur and I think we'll get into it but it's not the same as what it was before yeah tell me what it was before so when I first started IVX PT, which was physical therapy and is now performance training. Oh, but it's still PT. PT. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, it was, I operated a cash base clinic out of CrossFit gyms. So I traveled to different CrossFit gyms, set up shop and treat patients. <clears throat> Very much physical therapy, people in pain on site. Um, now I run performance training, which is mostly digital programming. So I do one-on-one online performance programming and coach mentorship and education and we have a couple things we're rolling out soon some templated programs a lot more fitness based so how did all this change like tell me about the transition it's probably a long it is yeah so I was part-time treating in person trying to kind of grow the business doing personal training I found myself enjoying the fitness side more than the pain side or catching people on the end of getting out of pain and then transitioning them into fitness. So I was enjoying that more. I started working part-time for Active Life RX, which is a company that does online programming primarily to get people out of pain. Went with COVID, gyms opening again, closing again. It wasn't great for business or being in person. So took more of a virtual role. Started running social media for Active Life. And I was finding myself enjoying again what happened after they got out of pain or transitioning them. Because I think, I'm sure you see it all the time, patients or clients come to you in pain and then they get out of pain and they go back to doing the same thing that got them into pain in the first place. So that was kind of a cycle that I didn't love and I wanted to kind of change their trajectory or change what they're doing with their health and their fitness. So decided it was time to do things the way I wanted to do them and go all in and in... December, pretty recently, was mm. when I officially launched IDX Performance Training and did one-on-one programming. It's cool to see like the the way that you started doing this that was kind of just PT, but you were always very interested in, obviously, performance. That's yeah. why you were in the box PT. And then like what you got from COVID, like all of the virtual, the social media, what you got from Active Life, all the education, the programming, the performance, and then you like meld, melded, is that a word? Yeah, mashed, melded, welded. I feel like melded. I feel like you're taking mashed 
And welded. Um, I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Melded. <laughs> mixed it all together. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and then formed in the box performance training. Yep. To finally do, like, what you realized you were the most passionate about overall. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had asked me then if this is what I would be doing, I would laugh and be like, I would never enjoy it. Doing really? This. Yeah, I used to not want to... I used to hate kind of the idea of being in front of the computer screen, quote-unquote. Yeah. What I've learned is, yes, I am, my job is primarily in front of a computer screen, but it gives me a ton of time freedom so that mm-hmm. my personal life is mm-hmm. way more active, I have freedom to travel, I can do a lot of things, so I don't feel like I'm sitting in front of a computer screen all the time. Yeah. So I think that's the cool part. Like you thought before, all of your time in person was going to just be replaced with your time on a computer, but it's actually, it's taking less time. You can affect more people. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's so cool now. I have clients literally all over the world. Yeah. I have clients in Dubai. I have clients in That's cool. yeah, Australia, everywhere, all over the States. So it's a much bigger impact, I think. And as I'm sure you know, like when you see someone in person, in many settings, it's hard to have any communication between mm-hmm. visit to visit, progression, stuff like that. With programming, it's changing every single day. The changes I see in my clients are so much greater in so many aspects beyond just getting out of pain. So it's really yeah. cool. It's like using like using the reason that they came in as a way to like transform their whole life. Like you mm-hmm. said, by like change their traje- trajectory. Because people come in and they think, oh, you're just going to fix my knee pain. And then you're like, oh, no, actually, we're going to change a lot of things about your life. Yeah, and I'm coming up on having clients that I've programmed for two years plus for, and that's where you see these. I mean, I can keep people for life because we're just going to change what they do with their seasons, with what their focus is at that point in time, and that's where you can see such cool changes and how they approach lifestyle in general. Yeah, and like you said about seasons, like, Obviously, in the past few years, like, we've all gone through a lot of different seasons of life. And, like, mm-hmm. your fitness and your health and wellness, like, it just changes. And it just, you have to, you have to change with it. Like, I just had this guy who I've been programming for for, like, a year. And he used to have all this time. He used to be able to eat 3,000 calories a day, sleep. Like, he's an entrepreneur. And now he works in real estate. So he's so busy. He looks at the clock at 3 p.m. He's barely eaten. And he had been doing the same thing, the same volume. And I was like, well, first of all, we need to know about these changes because, like, you're just trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the cool thing about having a coach because they can – it's hard to do that for yourself. It's hard to be objective about how your life is changing where a coach can just adjust for you. So I can say work or life is more stressful for you right now, mm-hmm. so I'm going to change your workouts accordingly. And then there will be a time where that will flip-flop and – be able to do more and that's what I do yeah but it's all with the goal of like you being able to do this forever longevity yep 100% do you still work with people in pain I do and a lot of people do find me because I'm a physical therapist Mm -hmm. and they want to get out of pain I think I do a very good job of quickly transitioning that into fitness yeah and I think I, what I found when I was kind of working for active life and doing more get out of pain programming is I was programming around a program. So people were doing class or doing fitness and I was adjusting their existing program and adding stuff to it. And I, that's really tough and it's hard to be super effective doing that. And I would much rather just control all the variables and then it's, people don't enjoy doing rehab. People don't enjoy this like accessory thing that has to get me out of pain. That's like the not fun thing. Versus if I just write you a whole workout and it's built in to your program over days, over weeks, you're not, it doesn't feel like work. It's just your fitness. Mm-hmm. And so I can make people realize like you can still stay fit. You can still work on your weaknesses while getting out of pain. And then it just becomes their fitness program. So I enjoy having control over their entire program versus trying to fit a bunch of things together and I think that's where like performance training came in and I'm like I just want to I want people who want me to program it all Mm -hmm. most of all it's a lot easier like you almost need all that control Mm -hmm. to get them the best result yeah and then it becomes me kind of deciding if the program they're on is good for them Mm -hmm. and how do we adjust that and I can't see what's coming weeks in advance or months in advance in their program so it's hard to control for a lot of things that's I mean obviously I'm a huge fan of CrossFit CrossFit myself but my 
biggest complaint is it's so hard to treat clients who go to CrossFit gyms that post their workouts the night before. Like it's, it's so hard to predict. And like the gyms that post them weeks in advance, I've even reached out to coaches and I'm like, please send me this week's workout so I can just help her out and tell her what to do. Because so often people view, I'm going to go do my workout and then I'm going to go do my, my PT quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And it's separate. It's, they think it's different. They think it's special. And I'm like, first of all, like adding more to a problem that of you're already doing too much first like that's (laughs) not a solution and then just doing the things that continue to like piss it off it's just really hard with that model and I think there's a difference between we can modify a workout someone sends me a workout I can say you shouldn't do this you should do this and that'll mitigate a little bit of pain or inflammation that day but that we're not looking at chronic versus acute load when we do that Mm -hmm. so when you look at their chronic load I need to know what you're doing for four to six weeks. I need to know how frequently you're going below parallel, how frequently you're pressing overhead. And there's no way to do that when you're working around a different program. So I can control all those variables for you. Mm-hmm. I can, and there is some people who come to me that just want to get back to class and that's a good fit for them, but that's not majority of what I do. I want to control those variables. And a lot of my people are doing quote unquote CrossFit mm-hmm. or functional fitness, but I can control the variability, the progressions, how much they're loading. Because even if you have a week, you don't know. If you have a week of workouts for your client, you don't know yeah. what the next week looks like. That's That doesn't really tell you that much. Yeah, like, it depends on the gym. Like some gyms follow a very periodized program. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you back squat today, you won't back squat again for another four weeks. So it's really hard to get used to back squatting, to get yeah. good at back squatting. And then on the flip side of that, sometimes we're doing box jump overs, pistols, overhead squats, squat cleans, and thrusters all in the same week, and we're pretending like we're not squatting five days in a row. So yeah, you can't control for those things. So when I program for someone, I can control for a lot of variables. I can adjust based on how they're feeling that we have check-ins every week about their stress, about their sleep, about if they're saying like they're not sleeping well, they're not going to get as much volume Mm -hmm. until they mitigate for that. So um, yeah. What kind of things do you use to check in with someone? Like, is it in person? What does that check-in process look like? So everyone who does online programming has a weekly recovery check-in where they fill out. It's a questionnaire and they rate their sleep, their nutrition, their fuel, their win of the week, kind of highs, lows, those things. So I'm looking at that and have a score based off of that. Maybe similar to like where a whoop gives you a recovery score. And then I check in with my clients depending on some people like a lot of Mm -hmm. zoom calls. Some people don't, some people want to be texted, but at least weekly we're, we're texting. I'm always available. Yeah. They're getting on calls once a month. We're talking about just how they're feeling and they're leaving comments every single day. I'm pretty available for my clients. I think I do a good job about communication because that's, I think that's what they're paying for. They're paying for the program. I program well. They're more so paying for it to have someone on their team. That's, listening to what they need and how they're feeling. Yeah, paying for a coach, not just a program. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the communication piece is huge. It's like, they, if you don't know about variables, you can't control those variables. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if they had the best freaking program in the world, their sleep sucked, they're so stressed at work, their relationships are not going well, they're not feeling well, it's like... It doesn't matter. None exactly. of it matters. Yeah. And then also... Knowing their capacity. So if I were to just like, for example, if you can do 10 toes to bar and there's 20 in a workout, you might do that in two to three sets. If you can do five, you probably shouldn't do 20 in the workout. So like a templated program or a CrossFit mm-hmm. class doesn't take into account an individual's capacities. And like if you have a really good coach in a group setting, mm-hmm. they can kind of work on that, but nothing's going to replace a coach that's programmed. What's up, everyone? On today's episode, we have Dr. Mesa Hanawi with In the Box Performance Training. Mesa and I actually go way back. We used to have our own podcast together, and it was cool to hear how her career path has transformed into what she's built today. Mesa does one-on-one online performance training for her clients. I'll let her explain what that looks like. And Mesa's also been working with Emily Steele, leading Girls Gone Buff, a positive body relationship program for preteen and teen girls here in Charleston, educating young girls how to be strong and healthy. We talk a lot about that. And we talked a lot about what it actually means to bridge the gap between healthcare and fitness, why there is such a big gap, and what both sides could be doing better. 
Mesa is super passionate about helping her clients build a base and change their trajectory. And I'm pumped to see her impact spread far beyond Charleston. Thanks for listening. Motivating. It's, it makes more sense. I can tell, or my clients can tell that that was written to where they're at and mm-hmm. where their goals are. So I like it. Yeah. It's also the thing of like you putting in your work, they're going to put in their work, their sure. side of things. Mm-hmm. Like the worst thing is like leaving a workout blank that I feel like someone put in time to write for me. Yeah. And like True Coach sends you the email, like you missed a workout. Oh, and I'm like, oh I've turned off those emails. <laughs> I have, um, like with our strength club or like with that, um, someone who she was on strength club, but she didn't, she wasn't doing it. She was out of town. And she's like, can you please turn off the emails? <laughs> I feel so bad every time I miss a workout. I was like, Oh my God, like you're fine. I but know. just little things like that are like seeing the red X no, I gotta go through and cross everything. And most out. people who are doing functional fitness are motivated by things like that. Yeah. We're motivated by a little bit of competition, even if yeah. it's with ourselves. Oh, for sure. So, what does it look like? What's the process to start? If I am reaching out to you, I want performance training. Like, walk me through that. Yeah. So initially, we're gonna hop on a call just to chat, see what you're looking for, see if it's a good fit, um, see if I, I obviously will refer to someone in person if I think it's super acute or something that shouldn't be handled online if there's some red flags but go over your goals and then every single person that does one-on-one programming starts with an assessment week so whether they're a barbell athlete or not the assessment's going to vary a little bit but we're everyone's going to go through a full mobility assessment and test basic movement squat hinge push pull top to bottom right to left video it there's a full Assessment. I'm going to go through their videos, go through their comments, see, get a picture of what it looks like. And what's really cool about that is the type of assessment I could do with a person in an hour could never give me that kind mm-hmm. of information because I couldn't test heavy loads. You can't test squat, hinge. That, that has to happen over days. Mm-hmm. So I get a really good picture based on the conversation and then what I see. That gives me kind of their ratios, where their imbalances are. And then we hop on another call. I go over all the summary findings of what I what I saw and what their goals are and what their time demands are, what their job's mm-hmm. like and how, and then we come up with a frequency of you're going to do four days a week, you're mm-hmm. going to do six days a week, this is what it's going to look like, and then they get a program every day in True Coach with videos, comments, explains what they need to do, and we go from there. And just constantly like making adjustments. Yeah, so I don't program more than a week out like I'll program cycles and templates but every week I'm checking on how they responded and then programming the next week so I typically Mm -hmm. don't program more than a week out Mm -hmm. as far as like there's some plug and play and templates and how frequently they're squatting but I want to know how they're responding week to week before I'm putting in that next week so it's really hyper individualized yeah like if I tell you to do 150 pounds for five reps and you can't. The next week, I'm definitely not going to tell you to do 160 pounds for five Exactly. Reps. So that's where, like, some people will benefit from a templated program. And I think it works depending on your goals. But those programs are just continuously progressing mm-hmm. week to week. Where some people need to stay at one weight or one volume or one frequency for four weeks before they're ready to week progress. week to week sounds great. That would be <laughs> ideal. I know. I just continue not. to add 10 pounds to my weights every week. I know. But that's a lot of, I mean, templated programs usually go off percentages. Mm-hmm. And that's unrealistic. Like some clients are going to have a pressing weakness and going to need to work on the same percentage for four to six weeks before they're ready to up it where other people that could be your strength and they can progress faster so it just depends on the person yeah for assessment week I'm picturing like 30 toes bar for time or like things like that so actually not there it's very rare that I test high volume gymnastics unless it's someone who's trying to be a competitor I have a few you know, potential quarterfinal, semifinal athletes that I need to know those things about. But no, it's more like build to a heavy five, front squat, back squat. We do front rack step up so we can see right to left, single arm pushes, single arm high pulls, and then compare that to like a strict press, compare a front rack step up to a front squat and how their right to left compares to their bilateral. Uh, There is push-ups, pull-ups, some jumping and agility drills. 100% 100% Everyone's getting first on the back. First day, just do seven of the burpees. No, and then regardless, everybody, there's different assessments depending on what kind yeah. of athlete you are, individual, but everyone's going through a full mobility assessment. I just want to see their range of motion because that is a foundational thing that 
if you're lack, massively lacking in range of motion, we're going to work on that. Uh, but yeah, it depends. I have a pretty full assessment strength-wise for someone who is competent with a barbell, mm-hmm. a pretty full assessment for someone who is not competent with a barbell, and then obviously we can make custom assessments if someone's in acute pain, has limited access to equipment, or is sport-specific. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about your recent Girls Gone Buff, which I've been <laughs> seeing on Instagram. Tell me a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, so me and another coach in the area called named Emily Jordan, we're kind of, this kind of happened pretty organically. We were talking about, we both, she works with primarily female clients. I love working with female athletes. I think we were talking about how when we were younger, nobody introduced us mm-hmm. to these things. And it, over time, we were like, how can we bring this to the younger generation? And we came up with Girls Gone Buff, which is a preteen and teen age girl program where we, it's a six-week Every Saturday for an hour and a half, half of it is a workout, lifting, and half of it is a quote-unquote lesson where we talk about everything from body image to nutrition to programming workouts mm. to macros to, you know, mental self-care health. Self-care with this Self-care, week, yeah, yeah right? we did a whole thing on self-care. And so our big lift that we've taught them is deadlifts, mm-hmm. and this coming Saturday is their last session, and they're oh, having... Well. A mini weightlifting meet where they're maxing out their deadlift and their parents are invited and they're going to have like coaches and we did a mock meet to prep them. Oh my gosh. Um, Where is it? Where are y'all doing it? At NC Fitness, which is a gym in West Ashley where Emily trains out. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, it's been really, really cool seeing their progression over the six weeks. I think the first week or so, they were kind of shy and timid. A lot of them were like, eh, we weren't Mm -hmm. sure about lifting, didn't buy into like, is this really cool or is this... Something. It's like, did they sign up or did their parents sign up? Some, yeah, some of them were interested in it. There's yeah. a few girls that were like, I want to weight lift, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, we asked them at the beginning. Some of them were like, my parents are forcing me to be here. But by last week, this past Saturday, where they all did yeah. their like, mock me so they knew what was coming. They were all cheering for each other. Aww. They were like, PRing deadlifts. They yeah. thought it was super cool. Um, a lot of them were like, I like never thought I would lift that much. A couple of them said, like at their school, only boys are allowed in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Only football team does weightlifting. You know, common things like that. So it's really cool. And I thought, honestly, teaching them about macros was really cool. And it was all very positive. Nothing mm-hmm. about like what you should or shouldn't eat. Just explaining yeah. like protein helps build muscle. Exactly. That helps with Just organs like and hormones. Yeah. And I didn't. I mean, I don't think maybe when I was. Senior year of college, did I know what macros really were? Mm-hmm. Maybe not even then. No, I was in PT school for sure. When I was like learning kind of how to read a nutrition label and what it even meant. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just really cool. We talked about self-care. We gave them self-care cards to check in. We had them kind of interview women in their life and ask them about their body image and if they've yeah. ever been uncomfortable. And it's interesting, like, kids pick up on everything, things their parents say, things siblings say, and they are a sponge, and they yeah. interpret it sometimes really differently than how you mean it. So it's just reframing things for them, making them understand how, like, strong they are, how resilient they are, how they can lift weights, and it's just fun to see them get so excited mm-hmm. about, like, a, a, a bunch of them now are lifting 100-plus pounds, and yeah. it's just their lifted a hundred pounds. Yeah, they it's feel really so cool. good. They yeah. feel so confident. They're like, they feel like a badass. For sure. And we've taught them kind of what a kettlebell is, what a barbell is, yeah. what the knurling on the barbell is, where they grip bumper plates. And they're using that verbiage. And it's just really, I think, empowering for yeah. them. And a couple of them want to continue doing weightlifting after the program, which is super cool. Um, but yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of them are in that age where it's, you're super self-conscious all you yeah, want to do is, they? like, appear cool. They're from 12 to 14, okay. most of them. Oh, Give my or God. take a little. Horrible, so, horrible yeah, super angsty. Oh, jeez. Everything is, yeah. how do I look cool? And it's mm-hmm. such a different world now. Like, how do I appear cool on Social TikTok? Media. What have I seen on Instagram? I thought we so, had it bad. Nope. Oh, it's crazy. But, yeah, it's been really fun, and we are hoping to kind of... I don't know if you know the program Girls on the Run. Have mm-hmm. you heard that? Yeah. And it's kind of started like this, really mm-hmm. small, and has become something that they franchise. So that's our bigger yeah. goal is to make it something that people could do anywhere. Um, so, yeah. No, I love it. It's a great idea. I wish physical education in schools looked more like this. A hundred percent. I think that when I was a kid, I don't think, I know, <laughs> I never touched a weight until 
maybe college by myself and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And that's, I remember because I tore my ACL, MCL meniscus, blew out my knee in college playing ultimate frisbee. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I went to PT, when I started to do like squats and step ups, I, valgus or like my knees caved in so much, even the quote unquote good knee, the one that I didn't injure, caved in so much. And my PT was like, what are you doing? Like, and I was like, nope that's a bad thing. Like I didn't know. No one had ever taught me to land. I had never been taught how to do an air squat and I played sports my entire life. You're just a baby giraffe. Yeah. And I was like, I was 21 and I was pretty athletic for naturally. And I played soccer. I ran track. I ran cross country. I was a competitive frisbee player in college and literally not once had anyone shown me how to do a squat or how to land. And so but that's typical. I mean, I think it's better now than when we were in school. There is some strength and conditioning, but it's still not great. I actually had strength and conditioning, like, as a volleyball player and a soccer player. We went to the weight room, like, my freshman year of college. And so with that, I figured everyone did. Because if the small school... But that's college. No, no, no. No, high school. Oh, high sorry, school. Sorry, sorry. Okay. The small town in Bristol, Tennessee did it. I figured everyone <laughs> did it. But they don't. But, again, obviously it could be improved. My coach would just write a workout on the board, and we would just try to do it. But, like, not having any introduction to weights and then getting into college and not having any introduction to weights, like, you start to wonder, what if we had introduced this person to weights before? Like, what if we had built their physical and athletic abilities at an age where, like, you weren't doing anything contact or like high risk you just got to learn and you got to mess up and you got to move in weird ways like now when you see kids move around you're just like good I want you to move around and be weird and awkward and be a baby giraffe <laughs> because you're gonna figure it out a hundred percent and never... I think that at that age you can like it's so much harder to break technique and habit now like in our you know 20s or 30s you can mold a kid to move well so much easier they don't have bad habits they're not sitting all the time they don't have any life stresses so you can teach them technique so much easier they're so much more adaptable they pick up skills so quickly mm-hmm. they pick up cues so much faster than adults oh, they're do fearless too yeah and i think that um from not a physical standpoint just from a mental standpoint especially in females if you can teach a female to be strong and care about their performance and care about weightlifting, and a lot of the girls in our club don't love group sports because the competition of it or feeling self-conscious and like weightlifting is such a cool thing in that it's you against you. Mm-hmm. You're not competing for a spot on a team. You don't have to, for the person that maybe doesn't fit in in a team sport, doing something like weightlifting or functional fitness is so such a good outlet you don't have to be super athletic. You don't, you're just mm-hmm. progressively can get better and stronger is yeah. super empowering. And I was telling Emily, this is maybe the conversation that sparked this. I ran cross country my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was always very small. I was never, I was always like, you need to eat more. I was always mm-hmm. the little kid, the skinny kid. So I never kind of, I never experienced body image issues when I was really young, like in that middle school age. But I remember being, I had to probably be 10 or 11 we were in the locker room for cross country, and girls were, like, cellophane wrapping their stomachs. Oh. Like, saran wrapping. Yeah. Like, cellophane. Is that what we call it? Cellophane. No, I, yeah. To, like, you know, sweat. And I grew up in Dubai, where it is 100 plus degrees. Like, this is legitimately dangerous. And they would lift up their shirts and saran wrap their stomachs and put it. And I remember them doing that and me thinking, like, why are they doing that? Like, yeah. I just want to run fast because I just loved running. Yeah. But that was happening before social media, before Instagram, before anything. That... At 10 years old, girls are trying to lose weight in their stomachs by... Mm -hmm. And that's actually probably dangerous from a sweat, like, overheating perspective. So now, it can only be worse with the exposure these girls are getting. So, if they can have some other outlet, some other influence... And I think me and Emily kind of fall in that range where we're not their parent, we're not their Mm -hmm. teacher, we're not a kid. We might be somewhere in between that they have... Someone else to reach out to. You're like the camp counselor. Like, I always (laughs) thought my camp counselors were so cool. And I just wanted to be them. Yeah. They weren't that much older, but they were older enough. They weren't, like, they weren't, they were just relatable. And they were something I was like, I want to be like that girl. Exactly. So if we can show them Mm -hmm. that someone they look up to cares about being strong and cares about eating to fuel my body, maybe it's just 
one different influence than what they're exactly getting. like another voice because the voices they hear now are all negative you're not enough you don't look good enough you should look like this be skinny do ab mm-hmm. workouts at the ymca like not that i did that at all or anything but just to show them that like there's another way you can define yeah. things so much differently and some of the answers there's you know 12 year old kids saying yeah. like i think i just don't work out enough or i think like carbs mm-hmm. are only for runners and like you shouldn't eat them and, like all these things they heard and i'm just like <laughs> these are so inaccurate if we can just explain like few, like food is fuel mm-hmm. and they can fuel you to deadlift heavier because they now think that's cool like it's just changing minds from that yeah. age i wish someone had done that for me so it's really cool that we get to do this for that generation yeah being able to explain like what a carb is because you probably know a carb what a carb is from Mean Girls. Her being like, is butter a carb? And you like don't really, you didn't really know the answer to that mm-hmm. question. We now know, no, butter is not a carb. Butter is a fat. And then you're like, oh, it's fat. It's bad for you. Like what we think we, what we used to think we knew about nutrition was all based off like society and culture and like what our, what our older sister said, what our mom said, mm-hmm. what movie stars said, like what actors said. It was just like, Oh, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm on a diet. I'm doing the special K diet where I'm just starving myself. And like, you don't know carbohydrates are a macronutrient. They do this. Fats are a macronutrient. They do this. Protein, blah, blah, blah. You just think good and bad. Calories, bad. Carbs, fat, bad. Yeah. And that's if they can understand the purpose behind food and just, just like have a basic foundational knowledge, then it starts making things less like fear around it. I think... Kids also hear, like as adults, we say things in front of kids all the time that we don't realize are so impactful. Like, we'll make a comment. You know, parents all the time will make a comment like, I wish I could just get rid of this arm fat. I wish I could just... And kids hear that and internalize it very differently than maybe how it was meant as an offhand comment. Or, you know, like, this has so many carbs in it. And then they associate carbs as bad. So if we can just teach people... You know, this is this is just what it is. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what it is, and you can understand its purpose. There can be a lot more comfort with having those conversations with eating to fuel your body. So that's why I'm I'm terrified to have kids. Like, <laughs> what am I going to say that potentially know, like right? triggers my kid in a way I don't know? So that's why I have dogs because <laughs> they don't know them. what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I don't practice on them. I'm just unfiltered. <laughs> I'm just like. They are sponges, like Mm -hmm. children, people in general, like humans are just like constantly taking in information from our environment and making decisions off of it. Like it can be pretty scary depending on who you spend your time around. For sure. And I think, so I recently got a nutrition coach and I've been tracking my macros and doing that. What is it again? Stacked coaching. That's what I Yeah. I paired with this guy, Bradley. He owns a gym in New Orleans and he owns a nutrition company. What's the gym? It's called Rue, but it's switching to Stacked, Stacked Fitness. Um, And so we're doing a little bit of, we're creating templated programs together. We're doing some education. He does the nutrition side. I do the fitness side. It's been a really cool collaboration, but I've programmed for him. So he's now nutrition coaching Mm -hmm. me. And at the beginning when I was just tracking to see like what I eat, Mm -hmm. I eat very high fat. We found this out. And I was talking to my friend about it. Peanut butter and avocados and breakfast food. But yeah, I love, and I eat a lot of dairy and (laughs) I just like, I mean, I don't eat really, I don't eat a lot of fast food and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just a higher fat diet, which yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing. Just to, like, I need to eat more protein. So I was telling one of my friends, you know, I eat really high fat and we're adjusting that. I'm trying to eat more protein. And she was like, but you don't eat, like, fried foods all the time. Exactly. And that's, and she's very educated, the person who said this, but that's the general conception. Is if you eat high fat, you must eat really poorly. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, there's, like, fat in everything. There's fat in yogurt. There's mm-hmm. fat, in, like, that's not... It's just adjusting, like, if I want to build muscle, I need to replace some of my fat with protein because it's better for building muscle. Yeah. But there's just a lot of misconceptions. The same way there are in fitness, the same way oh, there are in physical therapy. There's always misconceptions. misconceptions. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, also taking away the good and the bad. Like, high fat isn't good or bad. It's just used in this situation versus this. Yeah, it's everything like, just gets you closer or further from your goals. Exactly. And so we adjust accordingly. But like, you, you have to have the knowledge to be able... To be in control of the nutrition and not have nutrition control you. Mm-hmm. So that, okay, I'm just tweaking th- these things to get me closer to my goals. Rather than like, oh, I'm afraid of this because it might do this to me. Because I don't know what it is or how to 
how to use it. And that's what's really cool about one-on-one programming too. Like my clients can ask me, what was the point mm-hmm. of this? What is the intention of this? And like, we're just tweaking this to work on this. We're changing this to work on this. Like this hurt you, let's modify it this way and see how it feels. And I feel like that's really empowering for a client too, to have an understanding mm-hmm. behind what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they can question it. Like, why was this so hard? Or why did this feel this way? And then I can explain, this was my intent. Do you think it hit it? And that's super, I feel like that's also another motivator because they oh, yeah. understand what, why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's a motivator for them. And it's also like, it shows you that they, they're in it. They're invested. Mm-hmm. They care. They want to yeah. learn more. They want to know why they're doing this. Like they just want to know the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. And also knowing the intention behind it, like, sometimes helps you get the result that you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, you execute better, for sure. I want to kind of switch gears. We talked about PT a little bit. And with your work with Active Life, the big thing is, like, bridging the gap between healthcare and fitness. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I think that's Active Life. That's in my business. That's what you guys do, too. I know. I just want you to answer it. <laughs> I just want you to tell me what it means. <laughs> so, right now, in my humble opinion... Mm. The fitness world and the health world are very at odds. Like, healthcare and fitness like to fight all the time. It's this battle of education versus experience versus who knows more and who should we go to and should we refer to a healthcare provider or a coach. And I think that a lot of people go to, you know, a healthcare provider trying to get out of pain and it doesn't work. Or they go to a fitness professional trying to lose weight or look a certain way and it doesn't always work. And then they're left in the middle. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm in pain. I don't feel good. And they don't know what to do. And that's where people like me and you, I think, are bridging that gap where it, I think it's fluid. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I don't think healthcare is just healthcare and fitness is just fitness. And I think they don't work on their own. So like I said, if someone comes to me in pain, sure, I can get you out of acute pain. And if you go do the same bullshit you were doing before, you're going to become, you're going to get back in the same position. So if I just get you out of pain or the healthcare provider just Mm -hmm. addresses your acute pain and never refers you to the fitness professional, then it doesn't matter if the fitness professional's only goal is to make you sweat. It doesn't matter. So we got to have a spectrum where we're one, it's not a stupid war coaches and healthcare mm-hmm. providers are need to respect each other. And I think I get it. Like there's no barrier to entry for fitness and there are people that can just pay money and get a cert online and call themselves a coach, which I think is why I'm doing coach mentorship is why companies like active life exist to change. There's no reason a coach can't assess someone. There's no reason a coach can't help someone get out of pain. Can't change their trajectory. Like we talked about, um, But the same way there's coaches that aren't great, there's PTs that aren't great. So we can't just, like, judge a whole industry based based off of their least professional people. Mm. So I think we need to get over the whole it's you versus me and work together. And that's where I – people – I think a lot of people that – professors or people I went to PT school with will look at what I'm doing and be like, that's not physical therapy. And I think what I'm doing is the the epitome of physical therapy. Like, I think it should be that way. And there is, there is people who need to go to a clinic and need to get out of acute mm-hmm. pain and need manual therapy in that moment because they're in so much pain. And there's people that need what I do. And I think we can all work together. But I think that healthcare and fitness are a spectrum. You can't have one without the other. I don't think you can be healthy without participating in some level of fitness. And I don't think that you can be super fit if you don't have a foundation of good health. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, just like with... People being able to like get their you know personal training certificate online, like you don't have to be a good physical therapist to get through physical therapy school and to become a physical therapist. Same thing for medical school. Like you have to pass the test and pass your rotations. It doesn't mean that you're a great coach if you pass the certification. It doesn't mean you're a great medical professional if you do this. And I think for so long we were all trying to stay in our, like in our silos, in our scope. It was like, Oh no, stay in your lane, stay in your scope. But then that actually just made us feel even more unprepared to treat the whole person in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it made us feel like we just didn't know what to do. Oh, well you're asking me about this. Well, that's not in my lane. Like that's not my scope. So I must refer you. So now we're just like pinballing these people all over the place with where, no communication. Oh no. It's just like, go see this person. It's not like, I'm going to talk to your coach about this 
because they're in a better position to serve you in this way. It's like, oh, go find this. I can't help you. When that's not how humans work. And if you really want to treat the whole person in front of you in the best way that you can, like you, you have to expand your knowledge. You have to use a little bit of, a little bit of both worlds. Like you said, like you have to have fitness for healthcare. You have to have healthcare for fitness. They are the same. They are not ours. You can't just replace a part and be good. We don't operate that way. I think that. Mm -hmm. And I think like you said, like people are really quick to trust a credential and I say this frequently, I post about it, I don't think credentials tell you anything. While I am proud that I have my doctor, I worked hard for it, I do think that that opens doors for me. There's no doubt being Dr. Mason and Allie is going to open more doors and people are going to trust me quicker than just being just a coach, which I don't agree with that at all. I think there's phenomenal coaches that outdo physical therapists every single day. But... A credential doesn't tell me how you practice. It doesn't tell me your empathy. It doesn't tell me how much of yourself you're putting into it, your communication, your experience. I mean, I'm a physical therapist who majority of my life programs fitness. And on that, functional fitness with a ton of variables. People all the time ask, like, where did you learn that? Because we most definitely did not learn that in PT school. And it's not like I took some certification and knew how to program CrossFit. Like, I... Coached at many CrossFit gyms. I surround myself with really good programmers. And I literally tell this all the time. I subscribe to Misfits and Comtrain and Mayhem. And I sit and read them. And I try things. And I'm like, ooh, I like that movement pairing. How could I? And I was like, that's just experience. That's taking a foundation of knowledge and then transforming it. And no, there's no answer that. you Like you said, you cannot have one without the other. You can't have healthcare without fitness and you can't fitness without healthcare and until both of us realize that we're not going to get anywhere so that's why I say performance training because I think it's blends the two really well yeah I think the problem right now is that people think you can have healthcare without fitness and you can have fitness without healthcare when in reality like if you look at a lot of the problems that we're having would be solved by having health look like a gym and fitness and nutrition like simple 90% of the pyramid kind of things would solve 90% of our problems. That might be like a hot take statement. Please don't quote me on that. But you know what I mean? If our healthcare looked more like, obviously we're biased, but like what we did or what nutrition coaches did or what mental health looks like. But instead it's like, it's this goose chase of trying to figure out like what's wrong What's this one thing that's going on? What is the diagnosis and how are we going to treat it? I mean, obviously, like, not detrimental to my health, but in November, which is not that long ago, I tore my MCL surfing. I did not go get an MRI. I self-diagnosed. I went out to a few PTs, had them do run some tests. They were like, yeah, you tore your MCL. I did not get an MRI. I did not go see an orthopedic surgeon. I did BFR. I made sure that I slept. I tracked what I ate. I did. I maintained a pretty decent level of fitness with what I had and then rehabbed. Like I did what I needed to do. Two weeks ago, I went to Steamboat and snowboarded. I do not snowboard. I like took a lesson and learned to snowboard on the spot and my knee was fine. This week in the open, I did over a hundred box jump overs with no knee pain. And everyone's like, you're not getting an MRI. You're not. And I was like, If it gets worse and it's unstable and I do all of these things and it doesn't improve, then I'll be, but why would we not try the more natural conservative care first? Mm -hmm. But we're as a society, very conditioned. Like you hurt yourself. You have to go to the doctor. You have to go to the ER. This is what's going to happen. We don't believe that we are strong, adaptable, resilient. Yeah. And that's like, I think one-on-one programming, especially when I can keep these clients for a year plus, I can teach them so much about themselves. Like, you get a flare-up, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a plan. I'm going to adjust your workouts. This is what you can control. You're going to control those things. And they can immediately, like, they are in pain. They text me. They say, this is hurting. I did this in the gym. And I can control that freak out so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, all right, this is what I think is probably going on. This is how we're going to approach it. We're going to take this much time to see what happens. You are going to control your sleep. You are going to control your stress. And then they just feel like, here's a plan. I didn't have to go to the ER and get some image and get some diagnosis of words that I don't understand that freak me out. And if we just had that communication and that approach to, obviously there are things like 
higher level, more detrimental things to our fit, our health that need to be seen by yeah. a doctor. But that's not majority of things. Exactly. If we approached so many things in that way, then people would not have to like rest weeks for an injury, right? They would obviously see that that's actually de- detrimental. Like people would have less pain. People would have, I mean, less chronic pain for sure. Like so many things would not snowball to the fact, to the point where they have snowballed. How soon after you tore your, your MCL did you start moving? within 24 hours exactly it was hard for me to wait bare and I like I'm pretty sure I tore tore it like mm-hmm. I couldn't wait bare for a while it was like very painful I didn't have good range of motion but within 24 to 48 hours I was trying to do sit to stands I was doing and I understand that I have a knowledge that decreases yeah. my fear a ton and that that was like so so I tore my ACL and CL meniscus pre-PT school, pre-knowing, and it was very scary. I was in a lot of pain. I didn't understand. And then this experience, while a lesser injury, somewhat similar, and I I was like, wow, this really sucks. It's frustrating, but, like, here's what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. And in my mind, I was like, I just want to give that feeling Someone to my clients. Yeah. I want them to know if they can take 1% of that, like, lacking fear and being like, I can get through this. This is – there is a plan of care – because my mental state was just so different in the way I approached it because I knew. I knew this is my option. Like, these are my options. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to assess how I'm progressing. And it was okay. I, and then I was like, I can get a super jacked upper body. We're going to do what we can <laughs> for my legs. And honestly, like, I competed in a local competition mm-hmm. within 12 weeks. Uh, given CrossFit doesn't have, like, cutting and stuff like that. But I was very... I was able to maintain a pretty solid level of fitness with yeah. what some might consider a debilitating, or from an orthopedic standpoint, mm-hmm. injury, and it wasn't. You just, it just it didn't have to change mindset, your life. You know, yeah, yeah. I think about that a lot. Like, obviously, we are in a position where, like, we inherently have to, and we do have more confidence in the human body mm-hmm. and like our ability to adapt. And it's like very deep, deeply rooted in our beliefs and like what we do every day. But like, if there's a lot of PTs out there now, kind of like anytime the pendulum swings, like it can't stop in the middle, you know? So now people are like, oh, you have acute pain. You actually don't need to go see anyone. You're fine. Don't do anything when like the value of you being able to talk someone off the ledge, give them a plan they trust and like give them confidence and control again. That's not over treatment. That's the exact amount of treatment that they need mm-hmm. of I'm not going to make this a big issue where you have to see me three times a week for three years and we need to pretend we're putting your back into place. Mm -hmm. But I want to give you the tools and the knowledge and just like the the security that you need and the plan to get you back to where you want to go. And that's where I feel like sometimes we're, again, like swinging too far in the other direction. We're missing the boat. We're trusting that because we have this knowledge, the general population can just easily take this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's, our job is to share that knowledge in a way that makes sense to them. And that comes in very small doses. Like we at our like weekly meetings, one person talks every week about like something that's like impacted their life. And obviously you're like, Oh God, there's so many things. And the the one thing that I'm actually presenting tomorrow, that's why I'm talking about it. Um, that I thought a lot about was like the confidence that CrossFit gave me, was just, like, unparalleled of, like, oh, my knee hurts? Well, I know I'm fine because I can do a million box jumps. I can back squat over my body weight. Like, the confidence that doing those things gives you, not just, like, oh, I feel good and I look good, but, like, in the human body, it is crazy. And then combined with, like, PT school education and also just, like, all of the other education that we have, like, there's no way that I could treat in the way of you're fragile, you're broken, you're doing this wrong with what I do with my daily life. Like those two things just didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think about like the way the, I think about it with CrossFit. Cause like the way you train in CrossFit, like you just get confident. Like you see it like with your clients, like Mm -hmm. they've banked years of doing these things. And then that you just start to see that they're like, they feel durable, (laughs) you know, a hundred percent. I agree. And I think, um, backtracking a little what I was going to say we're going to you had a bunch of topics there um the first thing that I did when I hurt my knee 
was get a, like a coach. I mm. contacted a physical therapist. I had them look at it and tell me what they think. And then I got a coach to program my rehab. Because I knew. I know if I expect my clients to do this and I expect that they deserve it, I do mm-hmm. too. Because as much as I know and as confident as I am, there's still fear when it's yourself. Mm-hmm. Pain is scary. And I think I, I knew that I needed someone else on my team to be like, this is going to be okay and this is what you're going to do. And that's why I know that I can give that to people. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's the value. Like, we, you can never replace that. That's never going to be... Because it doesn't matter how much you know, some things, like, you can't be objective about. Mm. And I think that's what's really cool is, like, we understand the importance of having a plan of care, the importance of someone just rooting for you and telling you this is how it's going to go. And then, yeah, the confidence is that's the main thing that I want the kids to get with Girls Gone Buff. That's I think now we've been kind of in the fitness game for a while, in the PT game, that we just know no matter what happens to us, we're going to be able to do something. Even Mm -hmm. if we're limited in some way, we're going to be able to keep moving. Our job requires it. Our life requires it. And that confidence is... Like you said, it's so far beyond the walls of the gym. Mm-hmm. I like can go into a business meeting with a different demeanor now than I did when I didn't lift and when I didn't do CrossFit because I'm, I know I'm capable of hard things. Mm-hmm. I know I'm capable of pushing myself. I know that I practice everything I preach. At least to some degree, I'm, I'm moving on a consistent basis. I'm challenging my body. And that's something, like you said, There's it's unparalleled. And I think... People can hate on CrossFit or functional fitness as much as they want. There's very few things like that make you feel that way, that make you and that's just time. Like we've put in the reps, we've put in the time, we've had that training age that you now know like I can do this for the rest of my life in some capacity and because of that I'm gonna handle whatever comes at me. And that's what I want, like when I say changing the trajectory, I want clients to feel that way. I want them to know that this is just like a back flare up. In the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, it's nothing. Like, you're going to keep moving, you're going to keep doing things, and we're going to maintain a basic level of fitness at all times. So, yeah, to have other people realize that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the goal is to have other people be so confident in their body. They know they're resilient, they know that they'll adapt, they know that, you know, all of the aspects of like movement optimism, they know this isn't bad for them, and they know that, like, there is always a way and you can accomplish anything. Not, not even just like you can do anything you set your mind to, but like truly that belief that like you can do it. Like you said, like with your MCL tear, like you still trained, you found a way around it. You didn't just stop. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's where people, I, I, this might be biased. I'm a strong believer. Like all the things that make us feel good in life are active. Like you're going to feel better when you spend more time outside. You're going to feel better when you're moving. You're going to like, when you go on vacations, what are the things that are really fun? They're typically active things. And if you don't on the beach chair (laughs) with my book, fair, but you know (laughs) what I'm saying. And I think that we can enjoy those things because we have a base we've built I always talk about building a base mm-hmm. it's my biggest quote with clients like once you built the base you have more room to play you have more room to try things you have more room to take time off and you can come back because you mm-hmm. have that base like if you do go on vacation you don't fitness for two weeks you come back you'll be okay because we have years of that base yeah. versus someone who you know is really sporadic doesn't have that consistency and then I think like when I want to get back out and learn to surf I was learning to surf when it happened and I took a class with a bunch of people and in the least condescending way, the people who were physically fit enjoyed it so much more because they weren't struggling just to be out there. And I was like, there's things in life that you're going to enjoy so much more because you have that base. If you go on vacation, you want to go for a hike, are you going to be suffering the whole way because you don't have that base or can you enjoy the views because it's not that struggle to walk for that long? And I think that's where you can legitimately change people's lives by just having them build that base. I love that. Because it's not just physical either. It's, it's mental. It's just like building that confidence and building that knowledge. Mm-hmm. We yeah. talked um, on our other podcast, <laughs> like when you lift, you can lift your luggage into the overhead bin. Mm-hmm. And like you don't need help. You're not insecure about it. I mean, sometimes I pack a lot, but then I'm like, <laughs> I have to check it out for that. Or like my dad can call me over and be like, hey, can you help me move this thing? Or I can just move my own things out of my house. Like, you just, you get this independence, this self-efficacy. Like, 
I would much rather hire movers, but I know that I could just do it by myself, too. It's just knowing that you're capable, that there's things... Mm. If anything happened, I would be able to mm. do X, Y, Z, and that there's nothing that replaces that. There's nothing like that feeling of knowing I can run if I need to, I can jump, mm-hmm. I can... Yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And that's that's what I think one-on-one programming gives people, because that takes time, it takes consistency, it takes progressions over mm. days, months, years sometimes um, to get that, like we said, that bank of mm-hmm. movement in that makes you feel that way. So. Yeah, it takes a commitment for sure. And like it takes knowing and wanting a long-term relationship with fitness. I like have recently just seen that more places and so it's been on my mind. Like we're not using fitness as a way to look at in the mirror this spring break like Mm -hmm. we're using fitness and how it's going to affect our lives in 10 20 30 40 years and talking about bridging the gap what do you think needs to change let's start with fitness what needs to change about fitness so that we can bridge the gap better so i think the problem with fitness right now is majority of fitness individuals are part-time because you cannot make a career out of fitness and the reason you cannot make a career out of fitness is because like I said there's no barrier to entry anyone can be a personal trainer or a coach and that doesn't mean they know anything that doesn't mean they can provide value in order to make a living in fitness you have to be able to provide a certain level of value and I will argue that like I love CrossFit you go to an L1 you don't know how to assess someone you don't know how to break down movement there were people who hadn't even done CrossFit that were getting it for sure. And I think I think it's a great intro to CrossFit mm-hmm. foundation. I don't think it makes you qualified. And here's the best way to explain it is if you are a group fitness instructor. First of all, you're not going to make your money doing group fitness instruction. Like, it's great. It's fun. There's not enough hours in the week and the day. There's not enough classes. There's not enough time. You have to do one-on-ones in order to make money or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. If you're a CrossFit coach and I... And if I'm a CrossFit coach and you're front squatting and your elbow's bothering you or you can't seem to progress, in that moment, I might modify it. But if I can't give you a, hey, if you come see me one-on-one, I can figure out why your elbow's bothering you and I can progress you out of that. Why would you come see me? I'm just going to do the same thing that I'm doing in class. There has to be some value you're providing Mm -hmm. for one-on-one that's different. So coaches need to seek out that education because it does exist. It's not common right now, but it does exist. And they need to make themselves more valuable because coaches are spending significantly more time with people than any healthcare provider Mm -hmm. is. Even in cash base, even in this setting, the coach is going to see you every single day. You're going to go, if you do personal training, you're doing it at a higher frequency than you're doing anything else. So coaches need to have higher education. They need to think that this isn't just a part-time gig where I make people sweat. They need to value that there is a place for them to get people out of pain, to assess, to change that. And once coaches start seeing themselves that way and seeing themselves as professionals, everyone else will see them that way too. So I think on that, and then healthcare providers need to stop thinking that they are the end-all, be-all for fitness because they're not. I went to PT school. You went to PT school. It does not educate us on exercise, strength and conditioning, loading. Which is a problem. It is. But also, that's fine (laughs) if they understand that there are people that are experts in that that are not us. We are not experts in those things. Like, we have a different experience, but the average physical therapist is not an expert in strength and conditioning. I just think that's a problem. The coaches. I still think a physical therapist, a physical therapist should be much closer to maybe not a strength coach obviously like but like we should be pretty good quarterbacks of strength and conditioning and fitness i don't disagree i think if you look at it what is what are we more likely to change are we more likely to elevate coaches or change an entire education system probably elevate coaches i mean that's that involves changing an education system does it not yeah but i think on a different level then yeah i don't know i think i mean we you know, I do labs for PT students in which I teach them about deadlifting and squatting. I guess lecture. I'm trying to, from a grassroots level, at least yeah. in my community, change physical therapists and expose them to those things because I think it's super important. Uh, but I think it can happen on both ends. I mean, both both of us need to be better as a coach and as a PT. We both need to care about expanding what we're learning. I think the PT system, education system, most definitely does not a great job of teaching 
movement and strength and conditioning and I don't care what setting you're in you need to know that Mm -hmm. and I think coaches don't do a good job of learning how to assess and how to appropriately progress and regress people so yeah I think a lot of it again comes from like us wanting this to be ours and then that's yours and like Mm -hmm. but there's like you said there's such a big gap in those things it's just like oh well these people lobbied for this to be a part of their education like in some states PTs don't dry needle because the acupuncturists lobby better than the PTs. Like, is that really how we're deciding how you get to treat your patient by like who lobbied for this to be their thing versus? And also, your that thing? is such a scarcity mentality because there is enough people. Because if we are talking about building a base, that's every single human. Literally, every human on earth should be doing these mm-hmm. things. There's enough people to fill every whatever it is: gym, physical therapy clinic. So if we're saying this is ours and that's yours, that's such a scarcity mentality. And at the end of the day, like, why did we get into this? Because we want people to move more. We want them to feel better. Whether they get that, if they can get out of pain and feel better from a coach, that shouldn't threaten me as a physical therapist. That should make me happier Mm -hmm. that we're affecting more people. It's, and usually the people that are mad about that is because they're not affecting that change themselves. Mm. So... Like, look at all the CrossFit gyms in Charleston. Like, there's so many CrossFit gyms. And that they're, are thriving. They're all thriving. Yeah, and they're fine. And, like, you can also go, like, go to multiple of them and get something very different and get a different vibe. Like, there's a million restaurants in downtown Charleston. And guess what? 90% of them are thriving. And I think that's also, like, if you, if someone goes and sees you and does really well, it's good for me. If someone comes and sees me and has really good programming, it's good for you. We're promoting our professions. We're promoting people moving. So I was like, if someone goes to a CrossFit gym and does well, it's and I own a different gym, it's good for my gym because they're going to talk highly of CrossFit. It's and like then, the problem of real estate right now. Like, yeah, everything is getting more expensive, so then everything gets more expensive. It's like, but wait. I was like, yeah. It's, I mean, we're all raising the bar for each other. I don't, And I think as, like, a consumer... I would much rather my coach, my PT, encourage me to just do the thing regardless of who it's with. I'm going to respect them more. I'm going to think that they know what they're talking about because they're not afraid of someone else stealing their business. Mm. And there is people that I think someone else would be a better fit for. Like, I think I do a pretty good job with my clients, but you might do better with a client than I would. Different people are going to fit better with different coaches and different PGs. So when we can get over that, when we can stop thinking that a coach is going to steal our business, mm. then we can work so much better together. I think one of the main things is like we need to, because there are, there's a million people, there's many people that need these things, but they don't know that they need it. They don't know how it's valuable. They don't know how to benefit because we're so busy arguing with each other and fighting each other that we're not actually educating people and showing them why this matters. Mm-hmm. We're just over here in our bubble and people are like, oh, well, I don't really want to deal with that. Yeah. And then neither of us win. And I think consumers 100% remember how you make them feel. Oh, yeah. More than anything else. And if you have that scarcity mentality, it shows. And consumers can feel that. And it's very off-putting. I've been that way when someone, like, if I go to a healthcare provider that's going to bash someone else, I don't want to see them. Because mm. I'm like, why did you feel the need to do that? Probably because you're being competitive or something you're you, you're so afraid or insecure about what you don't know versus like why are we not just building up other fitness professionals yeah i feel like i've i have felt that in gyms especially yeah yeah i'm just, just like oh don't go there or like with the battle between physical therapists and coaches and i think that i'm in a it's typically pt saying that coaches are beneath them and i think i'm in an interesting position where i'm Educated as a PT, but practice more as a coach than a PT. So I, yeah. people will listen to me more because of that credential where I can educate. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, there's I work with phenomenal coaches that I think can do what a PT does in many settings mm-hmm. or better. Or better. And exactly. there's amazing physical therapists I know that do great things. So I was like, if you want to sit here and talk that a coach can't do what you do or taking business, I was like, just be better. If you're exactly. worried about like if you're worried yeah. about a coach taking your business, then learn what they're doing. Be better and, and be more valuable. Mm-hmm. Real quick, that was a long tangent. Sorry, okay. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was bound to happen for sure. <laughs> How has your fitness changed recently, and what are you currently doing? What does it look like? Like in the past year, how has your fitness changed? I think that um, 
towards maybe the middle of last year, I had to go into more of a maintenance phase with building my own business, transitioning in my career, a lot of that stress. Fitness took, went to the back burner a little bit. I had to lower my volume. I had to maintain. I had an injury. It was just coasting. Recently, I think being a lot more confident, having my own business, it's being really successful. It's growing. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm not nearly as stressed. I think we've talked about this, like purpose is a great energizer and I feel very energized with what I'm doing. I feel like I have more control over my time. So I have more time to work out now. So I'm on a little bit of a kick after Fitness of the Ghost of trying to see, push the limits, see what I can do, go for performance a little bit more. Um, So I'm dedicating a little more time in the gym, working on more skills. I know there will be a time where I have to buckle down and focus more on the business uh, when it's, you know, ups and downs, you own a business, you know how it is. Um, so right now, a little more performance-based, a little more pushing for CrossFit, and I'm enjoying it. I like it. I think that that's not super maintainable all year. I mm-hmm. go through bodybuilding phases, CrossFit, but right now I'm in, in the thick in of... In the season. Yeah, Open in the season, season baby. of we CrossFit really... and skills and just trying to mm-hmm. see what my body can do. I think my knee's feeling really good. We're ramping back up, and I'm enjoying it. Heck yes. That's what matters. Yeah. CrossFit, we don't really have an off season. <laughs> My CrossFit athletes have off season. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's good. There's something to be said for sometimes pushing the limits and seeing where you can go. And well, again, if you have an off season, then you have an in season. Yeah. This, is, can this is the in season. We're in the season. Exactly. Yeah. What do you wish people knew or understood more about what you did, what you do? That is a great question. I think a lot of people don't understand what one-on-one programming is. They think it's just like either a templated program or it's just a workout. I think I wish people knew that it's super individualized, that they're going to go through an assessment, that they're going to get a relationship with me, that they're going to, it's going to quite literally change their life. Like I just the relationship alone. I truly believe like I would argue that most of my programming clients that have been there for six months or longer will say this has changed their entire lifestyle. Um, I think people, I would want people to know that, like the importance of building a base and how it can literally transform every aspect of your life. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.